Or is it Aaron? No. Okay, good. Amen. Hey, whoa. I don't know about me, but at least focus on Jesus today. Hey, so we are super excited to get to be here together this morning. Um, in the spirit of uh, gift giving, as of what goes on these times of years, we absolutely consider, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, we absolutely consider every single one of you guys a gift in our lives. Um, this is more than what any of us could have ever asked for. Uh, what God is doing here, not just in my life or in our families or our ministry team or something like that, but what God is doing here among the family among the body of Remnant Church is seriously the greatest gift and the greatest blessing any of us could have ever asked for. Amen. So we, uh, we just want to tell you guys this morning we love you and we are excited to get to show you just how much we think God has blessed us right now at this point in our life today. Amen. Let's go ahead and turn to 1 John 4 and say there when you are there. We're going to wait for every single one of you. And then we're going to launch this yeah. message. Say there when you're there. there. Y'all ever got called out at a Christmas service at church before? <laughs> we will do it today. Today is an engaging day of thanksgiving and excitement Amen. and joy. And uh, if you're looking cranky today, we will ask the Holy Spirit to particularly work on your heart fall on you today. <laughs> it's that spirit of Grinch come out in Jesus' name. All right, y'all there? It says beloved. Somebody say beloved. beloved. Let us love one another for love is from God. And whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. Somebody say God is love. God is love. And this love of God was made manifest among us that God sent his only son, somebody say son, into the world so that we might live through him. Amen. Come on, out of overwhelming love for his creation, the father sent forth his son as a wonderful gift to us. Come on, isn't he the greatest gift that we've ever received? Yes. Our precious gift is Christ. We have seen a great light in him, and he's called us to be a light to the world just as he was. And that light has delivered us out of all darkness into a renewed hope. Who has a renewed hope in here? Has anybody received a precious gift before? Yes. Think about it. Have you ever received something and you're thanking the Lord, you're thanking the person who gave it to you, and you're so excited about receiving it? This is the same excitement that we must have every single moment of the day walking with him. You know why? Because he's the most precious gift this world has ever received. Whether you pay attention to it or not, God has worked within your life in some marvelous ways. And we are here this morning to make that very clear to you, church. Can anybody testify to his goodness this morning? Yes. He has sent his son into the world so that we might live through him. It is the perfect works of Jesus that we cling to as our model to, uh, to continue to illuminate his glory throughout the earth. We live through the sanctifying work of his blood, the knowledge and the wonder of his spirit, and death-defying faith of the Lamb of God, what he displayed here on earth. In the Father's love, he sent forth his Son, and we are the beneficiary of this, and it was his good pleasure to give it. The Father giving his Son to us, Jesus. What a gift. What an amazing gift of God. Yeah. With this, we express immense gratitude this morning. Yes. We are thankful. Yes. We are excited. Yes. We are in love. Yes. And with this, let's pray. Jesus. We thank you for the yes, gift God. and who you are. Come on, pray with me. Lord, we thank you, Lord God, that we stand here today marked as your people. You call us your own. And God, we say thank you. Thank you Lord God, that you are a precious gift. You are our Father in heaven who loves us and you desire us. And we are excited, Lord God, that we get to celebrate the gift and who you are today. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. amen. Listen, church, today... The title of the message is going to be 
We have seen a great light. Amen. Uh, Mr. Darren, was that Psalm 90 that you read earlier? Yeah, so, so Psalm 90 is a really unique psalm, especially considering that it is, a, uh, it is a psalm of Moses. Do you guys understand that whether, we're about to read from Job here in just a second, whether it's from the times of Job or whether it's the times of Moses, God has always been working and it's been a mystery to men exactly what he's doing. There's been a reality there's been a reality of our brokenness since the fall of man that we read about in Genesis. But working all at the same time, we have to be able to say not only in future tense concerning some eschatological end to this world whenever we see him face to face again, but right now today, we have to be able to say, I see a great light and I have seen a great light. Say, I have seen a great light. You have to understand the implications of what it means for you to say that in past tense versus future tense. For you to only say, I will see a great light. I will see him on that day. I am excited just for that day. That is good, but it's not the whole picture. And today we are celebrating the fact that Christ has come. He will come again, but right now in this day, right now in this time, we have plenty to celebrate. In that Psalm chapter 90 that, that Mr. Darren read just a moment ago, it said, it said, do return, O Lord. How long will it be? And be sorry for your servants. <laughs> oh, satisfy us in the morning with your loving kindness that we may sing for joy and be glad all our days. Make us glad according to the days you have afflicted us and the years we have seen evil. Let your work appear to your servants and your majesty to their children. There is a majesty, there is an authority, there is a power and a glory and a light that he has always been operating in. But do you guys understand that it's up to you and it's up to me? It's up to every individual one of us to make the decision today, just like the people did, had to do in the wilderness and just as, Moses had, just as Job had to do, which we're about to read. They, the people in the wilderness had to look up in a time where they had plenty to be concerned about. There was a light abiding above them in the nighttime. Do you see how we can do that at times? This is what we're going after today. There's a joy and there's a zeal and there's a thanksgiving that we have to live in today because in the midst of whatever else is going on on the ground level, you have a pillar of fire abiding above your head that tells you where to go, when to go, fills you with zeal and empowerment, gives you light at nighttime and is a sign to every enemy that you are not to be messed with in the daytime. That is a glorious, glorious life to live. And that was even before Yeshua's appearance. Man, we have it even better than the people of Israel in the wilderness. And you're going to believe that today. Turn to Job chapter 3. Job chapter 3. We are spending very little time reading from this perspective, but we want to contrast for you today the kind of attitude because at least in these men that, who we read from, in Job or from Moses, at least they had a hope for things to be better than what they were. They were asking the Lord, Lord, reveal yourself as, and we will rejoice. Reveal yourself and we will rejoice. We are living in the manifestation of everything that these men were calling out to God for. So we have plenty to be thankful for. Amen? Amen. Job chapter 3, are you guys there? Verse 1 says this, after this, Job opened his mouth and cursed the day of his birth. That is a very poor way to start your day. <laughs> and Job said, let the day perish on which I was born. And the night that said, a man is conceived. Now, right now, Job is mourning at the very beginning of his tribulation that he's living through. This is only chapter 3. Job is not some fantastical story from millennium past that is not applicable to your life. In fact, the story of Job is arguably, in your flesh, the most applicable book in the entire Bible. 
When we make it some fantastical story that has all these mysteries to be seen, and there are plenty of beautiful mysteries in the book of Job. But what the reality is, is how Job and many of the men in this book perceive things is the exact way that your carnal nature, your secular mind, well, however you want to say it, perceives things. It's like life is kind of stinking right now. And I would just rather not even be alive. I would rather not go through this. I would rather not have these difficulties I'm going through. It would be better that I had just never lived. I don't even know the purpose for my life. Do any of these things sound familiar to you? I, I've, it, has anybody felt that way before? Well, Jesus himself is the answer to that. But Pastor Devin, what did the prophet Isaiah say? In light of Job 3, let's read Isaiah 9. Verse 1 says, but there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. What? But there will be no gloom for her who was in anguish. In the former time, he brought into contempt the lamb of Zebulun and the land of uh, Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea, the land beyond the Jordan, the Galilee of the nations. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Hallelujah! Those who dwelt in the land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nations. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest. And they are glad when they divide the spoil. <laughs> there is a harvest that is coming from your hard work. And there is a spoil that you are taking back that was originally yours, but the enemy had taken. That is a beautiful scenario to be standing in it is hard to be it is hard to receive a harvest that you labored for if you mourn over the fact that you have to labor does, does that make sense does that make sense it's like oh life is so hard i got so much work to do yeah but you get to stand there as he makes the harvest abundant in your hands it's like but we have enemies attack us we have those who hate us there is to be no more gloom for those who were in anguish because you will receive back the spoil from your enemies that was yours in the first place. This is a beautiful situation to be standing in, and there is plenty to be thankful for. Job chapter 3 also says in, in verse 4, Let that day be darkness, he says, of his day of birth. May God above not seek it, nor light shine upon it. Let gloom and darkness claim it. Let clouds dwell upon it. Let the blackest blackness of the day terrify it. That night, let thick darkness seize it. Let it not rejoice among the days of the year. Let it not come into the number of the months. Behold, let that night be barren. Let no joyful cry enter it. Verse 4 of Isaiah 9 goes on to say, For the yoke of his burden... And the staff for his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle, tumults, and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. Listen to this, verse 6. For to us a child was born, to us a son was given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of this increase of his gov government and of peace, there will be no end. <laughs> on the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forever. And guess what? The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. <laughs> Job says, let not a joyful cry enter that night. He says, behold, let the night be barren. Well, Yahweh speaks to our prophet Isaiah, and he says, no, on this night, there will be a cry that enters in to the silence of that morning. There will be a, the joyful cry of one who's who brings salvation with him, yes, even as an infant, even as a newborn baby, because he is the manifest God of the universe. Job says this, 
in chapter 37, verse 21. He says, now people don't see the light, which is bright in the sky. <laughs> but then the wind blows and clears the clouds away. That's what we're doing for you today. Out of the north comes a golden glow, fearsome majesty surrounding our God. Shaddai, whom we cannot find, whose power is immense, in his great righteousness does not pervert justice. This is why people fear him. He does not consider those who think themselves as wise. Do you guys see that even by the time we get to chapter 37 of Job, he says, people do not see light, though there is a great light in the sky above them. But when the clouds are blown away, this is why you need some wind of the Holy Spirit in your life to blow those stinking clouds away that cause you to believe that though it might be light outside, that there is not the source of light that you can point at and say, that is he who gives me life. That is he who gives me strength. That is he who gives me the abundance that I'm living in. Isaiah 9 speaks of a government that will have no end. And it's marked by peace. It's marked by shalom. We want to suggest to you guys today that while we are not of the stance that we are already in some end days thing and that certain eschatological things have already happened, that is not our conversation today. We are telling you today that the reality of his peace in your life is a sign as to whether or not you live under his government. Receive that for a second. Your reality of shalom in your life today is a marker or is a representation as to whether or not you live under his government or somebody else's government. So we can sit here and argue back and forth about the order of things and at the end and da-da-da, but that's not what we're talking about today. We're not arguing that things have been made perfected in this life. We're saying that you are living in the light that has already been revealed to you, that has already shown down on you, and the circumstances of this life matter not. We have seen a great light. Amen. With those things being said, listen to what Psalm 18, 46 through 50 says our attitude should be. The psalmist says, the Lord lives Amen. and blessed be my rock and exalted be the God of my salvation. The God who gave me vengeance and subdued peoples under me, who rescued me from my enemies. Yes, you exalted me above those who rose against me. You delivered me from the man of violence. For this I will praise you, O Lord, among the nations, and sing to your name. Great salvation he brings to his king and shows steadfast love to his anointed, to David, and to all of his offspring forever. Again, we ask you this morning, do we have anything to be thankful for? Yes! Do we have anything to be thankful for? Yes! Has he subdued enemies under your feet? Yes! Has he rescued you from your enemies? Yes! Has he exalted you above those who rose against you? Yes! You know, that's a good thing. That he raises you above those who come against you. It's not just the Lord's name be made known, but Lord, would you raise me up above the ones who persecute me? And the Lord will raise you up with him to the high place. Has he delivered you from the men of violence in your life? Then praise, his, praise him among the nations and sing to his name. This perfectly shows us and defines our victorious outward example of praise to our great King and Messiah, Yeshua, who is the great light that we have seen already and who are we are currently seeing right now. This morning we are preaching to you with this nature on display. If we stand up here today and you cannot see Psalm 18, reflecting off of us in that heart posture, in that outward e example of joy and praise and thankfulness, then we need to go back and pray. 
What we have today is what we are trying to impart to you today. Listen, Christmas can be stressful. Let God and man call each one of you a liar if you say otherwise. No comment. No comment. Christmas can be stressful. But the joy that comes living in the light of Yeshua, whether you're whatever, however you think about this holiday season, the joy that comes from Yeshua by living in his light is something that we can all get excited about in the same place this morning. Come on, I came dressed as a Christmas tree today, and I can get excited. I can get excited about the light of Yeshua. I got coal, I got coal in my stocking. Wearing that black today. Day of mourning for me. How do you even follow that up? Okay. So Listen. <laughs> Just let it go. Listen go. to it just this go. morning. Listen to it. This tone of attitude we're speaking with you today. You see there's joy. There's a little bit of humor. There's a lot of humility. But listen, this is the tone that we want every single one of you walking out these doors with today when this service ends. Because we know that this holiday season presents you opportunities to see family. It presents you opportunities to see old friends to reconnect and, and grow fond over old memories and things like that. So what better time of year do you have to be the example of Yeshua's light in somebody else's yeah. life? We have the perfect opportunity to do so this week as we wrap up our calendar year. <laughs> Today this looks like, church, we are going to look at every single one of those titles that Isaiah 9 gave us. We are going to look at each one of these and we are going to take a moment today at the end of all of this to thank him for the manifest ways that he has interacted in our lives under these titles. What's our first one, Pastor Landon? Somebody say, Wonderful Counselor. Wonderful Wonderful Counselor. (laughs) Wonderful Counselor. Psalm 16. 7 through 11 says, I bless the Lord who gives me counsel. In the night also my heart instructs me. I have set the Lord always before me. Because he is at my right hand, I shall not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. My flesh also dwells securely. For you will not abandon my soul to Sheol. Or let your Holy One see corruption. You make known to me the path of life, and in your presence there is fullness of joy. Somebody say fullness. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Listen, Yeshua is a wonderful counselor. Scripture teaches us he's a wonderful counselor, one who instructs our hearts in the way they should go. He's not your counselor who sits in a chair while you lay on a red couch and tell him all your problems. That's not this type of counselor. That is not this one, not to be confused with that type of counselor. Jesus is a redeeming counselor who instructs your heart in the way that you should go. Listen, this passage has been true for every one of us in this room, in my life, in Pastor Devin's life, in Pastor Kaysen's life. The counsel of the Lord has preserved our lives in more ways than we could ever speak of. In more ways, it would take more words than I know in the English language, probably, to be able to tell you all the ways he's preserved our lives. When we set the Lord before us at all times, we cannot be shaken. We can rely on his counsel and make us steadfast and immovable. Because listen, a wonderful counselor is like a counselor or advocate that finds you and redeems you where you are. Y'all turn to John 4. Say great light when you get there. Well, that was fast. (laughs) Come on, Wesley. (laughs) Wesley sang it. He's so full of joy. He's singing it back there. Are you all in John 4? Picking up in verse 25. 
says, the woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming, he who is called Christ. And when that one comes, he will declare all things to us. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. At this point, his disciples came and they were amazed he had been speaking with a woman. Yet no one said, what do you seek or why do you speak with her? So the woman left her water pot and went into the city and said to the men, Come, see a man who has told me all the things that I have done. This is not the Christ, is it? They went out of the city and were coming to him. Listen, Isaiah 9 says that he's a wonderful counselor. And that word for counselor can also mean one who commands like soldier-like, not just like my heart instructs me in the night, he tells you what to do, but it also in the Hebrew means one who commands, very soldier-like, very militant in that type of way. The woman at the well surely has, knows of Isaiah because she knows she's familiar with Messiah enough to know that he's coming and that when he does come, he will declare all things to the whole world. So she knows something about the Messiah, and she has to know that Yeshua will be one who declares and commands the people and tells them what to do. She doesn't quite recognize this Yeshua for who he is, because like many people in her time, she could be expecting a soldier-like warrior redeemer, right? Isn't that like the testimonies of old? The Hebrews were expecting Man, we're going to have like the most amazing, big, rock-like warrior for our king. And he's going to come and he's going to wipe out every enemy. He's going to wipe out the Roman government. He's going to wipe out everyone from our midst. And then we're going to proclaim him king. But Jesus came to a woman at a well. Called out all the dirt in her life and said, the one that you're hoping for, I am he. He to her did not look like in that moment a soldier-like redeemer, yeah, come on. a victorious warrior-like king. Yeah. But that's exactly what he was, yeah. just not in the way that she had put on him. Mom, when those clouds are blown away, you see that light right before you for exactly who he has been the entire time. Listen, he is a wonderful counselor. And he was fulfilling his role as a counselor, even with the woman at the well. Pastor, read Psalm 28, uh, 25 for us, 8 through 10. Psalm 25, verse 8 says, Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners wow. in the way. He leads the humble in what is right and teaches the humble his way. All the paths of the Lord are steadfast love and faithfulness for those who keep his covenant and his testimonies. Let's look at this real quick. Good and upright is the Lord. Well, amen. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, because he's good and upright, he instructs sinners in his way. Listen, the Lord's declared to be good and upright. Therefore, he starts with the sinner and instructs them in the way, his way. When you think of a wonderful counselor as a wonderful redeemer, you know what that word wonderful also means? Miraculous. He's a miraculous redeemer, a miraculous counselor. He starts with your stony, wicked heart, a sinner in nature, and he counsels you in the way. Then he takes you, redeemed sinner, and brings you to a humble place so that you can be led in his counseling and taught how to keep the way. He then brings you to realize that all the paths of the Lord are full of steadfast love and faithfulness, bringing you into an everlasting covenant with him, making you able to keep his testimonies. Do you see how from just Psalm 25 alone, Partnered with John 4, we get a wonderful counselor who starts where you're at 
and brings you up to where he's at. He counsels you through the detrimental things in life that you face. He brings you out of your darkest places. He redeems you from the pit. He's a wonderful counselor. Can anybody relate to these things this morning? Listen, Proverbs 8 says this. Now then, my sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Listen to my instruction and be wise. Do not ignore it. Blessed is the man who listens to me, watching daily at my doors, waiting at my doorway. For whoever finds me finds life and receives favor from the Lord. But whoever fails to find me harms himself. All who hate me love death. Listen, I hope you love the word this morning. Because we're going to throw scriptures at you the whole time. Because we are sitting up here testifying to the truth that is revealed in Isaiah 9 about Yeshua himself. In our own lives, we're allowing you to reflect on it for your lives so that we can all glorify him together and spend some time in thankfulness, as they said we would. Listen, do you see how all the scriptures we're reading to you this morning so far testify to the miraculous counseling of Yeshua himself? Blessed is the man who listens to this instruction from the wonderful counselor. Yeshua himself testifies to this truth in John 8, 12, and he says, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He will have the light of life. Have we not seen a great light? Is Yeshua the light? Yes. And in that light, there is life. And the wonderful counselor is the great light that we have all encountered and live in. Listen, this morning, we're not here to give you the greatest new revelation that we've received. No, that would be fun. We're simply here to remind you guys of why you are in this room, of what you are to do with what you have been given, and to remember how faithful and good to us our God is. Can I get an amen? Amen. So first, as a wonderful counselor, we see the ways that he intervenes into our lives, not just today, but the way that he's already done that for you. Nick, has he intervened into your life? He did. Amen. What about you, Joe? Did he step into your life when you were not expecting him to? Amen. For each one of us, he intervened when we were yet sinners, and he instructed us in his ways and revealed to us have you can you see the attitude difference between a woman at a well who's had all of about 20 minutes with messiah and she is excited about the fact that he knows everything she's ever done versus you today who can grieve over the idea that he knows everything you've ever done we're going back to the zeal in the thanksgiving of a woman at a well who is not fearful of him knowing everything, but is thankful because you get to say, I have seen a great light. Come on. We're going to look at mighty God now because a mighty God is one who causes us to be mighty in stature because he is mighty in stature. Look at Psalm chapter 18, verse 25. I'll just read it for you right now. It says, with the kind, you show yourself kind. With the blameless, you show yourself blameless. With the pure, you show yourself pure. And with the crooked, you show, show yourself astute. For you, have, for you save an afflicted people, but haughty eyes you abase. For you light my lamp. Because you are light, then I become light. You light my lamp. The Lord, my God, illumines my darkness. For by you, I can run upon a troop. And by my God, I can leap over a wall. Let's go. His victorious nature, church, is contagious. There is something amazing, whether you look at a John 4, Samaritan woman at a well who just by face-to-face encounter receives the revelation that redemption is standing at the doorstep of creation. Just like that, we 
get the zeal in us that becomes mighty that because he can run upon a troop and it stands no chance because he can run upon a wall and it stands no chance then we can run upon a troop and we can leap over a wall you see how we go from this very theological very spiritual language and then talk about running up on some enemy soldiers or jumping over a wall it's like we just went from a theologian to a nine-year-old boy he's like i'm gonna get them bad guys i'm gonna jump over that fence right there yeah there's this like childish excitement that enters our souls that's almost foolish in nature that when you get filled with the holy spirit man you start to look at the things that just suck in life a whole different way yeah Philippians chapter 1, verse 21 through 30 says, For to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. That's somebody that the fear of death has no hold on him anymore. There is something mighty about a man who can say, I'll take life or death because they're both life to me at the end. Verse 27 continues and says, Only conduct yourself, the apostle Paul says to the Christians in Philippi. Only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel so that whether I come and see you or remain absent, I will hear of you that you are standing, what, firm in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. In no way alarmed by your opponents, which is a sign of destruction for them, but of salvation for you. And that, too, from God. This is what it means, remnant, to live a manner worthy of the gospel. There is a mighty nature in our God that is contagious and inhabits that when his presence inhabits our body, we start to become mighty as he is mighty. We answer to him. We bow to him. We follow all of his instruction, but the might that is that is who he is becomes the might that is in us and whenever he gives us instructions we say yes lord and amen and we can accomplish anything in him this is what it means to live a life that is worthy of the gospel to live any other way is to ignore the mighty nature of our god he is the king of kings he is the lord of lords he is the almighty god in all circumstances, say in all circumstances. In all. Say it again, say in all circumstances. In all circumstances. Especially when you felt weak this year. Especially when you felt weak this year. Can you not agree that your mighty God was standing there over you the whole time? That's right. That's true. It always takes a rear view mirror to see those moments when we felt like we were in the dump, when we felt like we had no strength to push forward, when we felt like we were all alone, when we felt like there was no way out of our circumstances and there's, we didn't have enough strength to go forward. Look back in that and you're like, there is a mighty and indescribably powerful and mighty God whom you worship, whom, whose spirit abides in you that was standing behind you the whole time causing your enemies to flee from before you. That is beautiful, church. And we are filled with the same might. This is the attitude we're ending with in reflection of this year. Not ending this message. (laughs) Don't worry, we're only halfway done. (laughs) But as we are are coming to the end of this year. (laughs) Got you. Got Got him. him. (laughs) This is the (laughs) attitude. Tricked you. You just thought we were giving you giving you a week off or something. This is the attitude that we're ending this year with. Because the attitude that we end our year with is the attitude that we embark on 2024 with. If you live in the attitude that you were not mighty, if you live in the mentality that you were weak, hopeless, helpless, and just to be trampled over by the enemy or by the circumstances of this life this past year, just a victim to everything. And that you are not living in the might of your mighty God, then the attitude you go into 2024 with is, well, I hope it all gets better next year. 
And trust me, I have had a really difficult year this year. And we, 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 all of us, we are going into this next year saying, I have in me the might of my God because I have seen a great light. Come on, church. He's a wonderful counselor. Somebody say wonderful counselor. Wonderful counselor. He's a mighty God. Mighty God. And he's an everlasting father. Everlasting father. Listen, I'm going to read Proverbs 8. 22 to you and it's about to blow your pants off are you ready proverbs 8 22 y'all ready for this everlasting father 22 it says the lord brought me forth as the first of his works before his deeds of old i was appointed from eternity from the beginning before the world began when there was no oceans i was given birth when there was no springs abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled in place, before the hills, I was given birth. Before he made the earth or its fields or any of the dust of the world. I was there when he set the heavens in place. When he marked out the horizons on the face of the deep. When he established the clouds above and fixed securely the foundations of the deep. When he gave the sea its boundaries so that the waters would not overstep his command. And when he marked out the foundations of the earth. Then I was the craftsman at his side. I was filled with delight day after day, rejoicing always in his presence. Rejoicing in his whole world and delighting in mankind. From the beginning, before the foundations of the earth, before he breathed into Adam, before he set the stars in the sky, he delighted in his son to take part in his creative work. He is an everlasting father. He always was and he always will be. It is clear that God did not need us, yet he delighted to make himself known to the world as Abba, as father. He is everlasting father and he has fathered from eternity and he will father for eternity. Amen. Proverbs 8 is highlighting this point. Listen to Job 38. The father says, where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me if you have understanding. Who determined its measurements? Surely you know. Or who stretched the line upon it? To what were its foundations fastened? Or who laid its cornerstone when the morning stars sang together and all the sons of God shouted for joy? Wow. What a picture. We're seeing that God is beginning to lay the foundations of the earth. And guess what? God has sons. He's got a council. It's very interesting, right? But today, that's not the message today. <laughs> told you we weren't preaching the biggest revelation the point of this scripture this morning is that the sons of god shouted for joy at their father's work come on you know why because he's an everlasting father yes. see we are sons and daughters and we get to rejoice in our father's works Amen. what have we received what have we seen we have a father who has set out from the beginning to make his glory known through sons, through his son, Jesus. Praise the Lord that he has chosen us as jars of clay to show that this marvelous glory is working through humans like us. He created us to be able to carry this glory and shine it forth to the world because he is a light and he's called us to be a light. It started from the beginning of time and was revealed to us through, to the whole world through the Son, Jesus Christ. Like Isaiah 9 describes, he is an everlasting father. Interesting point. His heart has been jealous for us to return with unadulterated love and devotion to him. Who has experienced the everlasting father throughout the course of this year? So many times has my father... Uh, come and visited me and he has cultivated me he has counseled me 
And he has showed me his faithfulness. And I am thankful for this. This is the greatest gift I've ever ever received. And his light's shining on me today and it's delivering me. And guess what, saints? We can't help but rejoice about it. Amen. Let's read Isaiah 49. Verse 15. We're going to read this in its context. He is speaking to his people, Israel. Verse 15. Can a mother forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she bore? Though she may forgot, I will not forget you. See, I've engraved you on the palms of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. Your sons hasten back and those who laid uh, you waste depart from you. Lift up your eyes and look around. All your sons gather and come to you. As surely as I live, declares the Lord, you will wear them all as ornaments. You will put them on like a bride. Though you were ruined and made desolate in your land, laid waste, now you will be too small for your people, and those who devoured you will be far off. Listen, Isaiah 49 clearly makes known to us that he has not forgotten his people Israel. Can I get an amen? Amen. God's eyes are set towards Jerusalem, set towards his people, and he cares for them so much so that he would engrave them on the palms of his hands. That their walls would ever be before him, lying in ruins because he always remembers. Because he's fathered them from the beginning and he will be his father, their father in the end. The ruins of their walls are set before him, and he is coming to renew what is his. He remembers what he has called to be his own, and he will receive her. He has fathered his nation from the beginning and will prove to her to be their everlasting father. When I read this passage, it excites me to know that the father would serve and reveal himself to all of creation. How much of a benefit is it that we have been grafted in through Christ? How much of a benefit is that we now get to receive Abba in our own life? I'm thrilled to know that he has chosen us to be a light as he is the light to his people. I'm excited to know that through Christ's blood, we all have been called into his family and will dine Jew and Gentile in the New Jerusalem. Hasn't the everlasting father given you a great purpose, church? We couldn't drum this up if we tried. Everybody dreams of being a superhero. Marvel does it. DC Comics does it. All these comic books do it. And they they do an okay job. But nothing (laughs) is as powerful as the power that dwells in us through Christ. Amen? That's right. John chapter 14 says, Jesus said to them, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and you have seen him. Well, in Isaiah 9, a son was given. He is a wonderful counselor. He is mighty God. He is an everlasting father. Jesus is the everlasting father. Isaiah 9 declares this. In Christ, we have received the fullness of the Godhead. Amen? Yes. And in us, uh, our, uh, in us, as vessels of his glory, carry within us his fullness as well. Like Adam, like Abraham, like Yeshua, we were created in his likeness. We are sons of the living God, and it is uh, who we are, and we rejoice in it. Amen? Amen? Amen. So we have these three different manifest ways that God has made himself to be a light in our lives. While we were yet in darkness, he shined down on us in these ways. First, first it was that he was what? Do you remember? A wonderful counselor. Second was that he was a mighty God. Third, an everlasting father And lastly today, we're going to show you how he is a prince of peace. Say prince of peace. Prince Prince of peace. peace. Now this is a fun one because we get to see the very nature prophesied about our Messiah 
right here. It says, a prince of peace is one of whose shalom overwhelms the creation. His shalom overwhelms the creation. His shalom is the very sign of his government on this earth. And we're going to show you that through the scripture. Avery's looking at me like, prove it. No, I'm just <laughs> All right, Proverbs 29, verse 25 says this. The fear of man lays a snare, but whoever trusts in the Lord is safe. Whoa, <laughs> just like that. Fear of men. That could be trying to impress people. That could be a, a literal anxiety towards a family member or a boss or a neighbor or somebody like that, a customer for all the business owners in here. Fear of man lays a snare. True. Enough said. Facts. facts. <laughs> Thank Straight you, Wesley. <laughs> you can count on this whole family to say facts in the middle of a message. Facts. It says, but those who trust in the Lord are safe. Our Christ, our Messiah is a Prince of Peace. His government not only produces peace, but is peace. The result of his government is a manifestation of his peace. There will be a day when the new heaven and the new earth will itself be peace. But today, say but today. But today. His government of shalom reigns over and despite every single situation. Come on. We have to understand the difference between this today. We're not talking about whether or not your circumstances were all that great or were all that bad this over this year of 2023 or whether they're going to be great or not be that great in 2024 we're saying you christian live in the manifestation of his kingdom on this earth that is that he is a prince of peace and that when he comes and reigns even in your heart then shalom is made is found in you and is found all around you Listen to Luke 12, 4 through 9. It says, I say to you, my friends, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, and after that have no more that they can do. But I will warn you whom to fear. Fear the one who, after he has killed, has authority to cast into hell. Yes, I tell you, fear him. Are not five sparrows sold for two cents? Yet not one of them is forgotten before God. Indeed, the very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear. You are more valuable than many sparrows. And I say to you, everyone who confesses me before men, the Son of Man will confess him also before the angels of God. But he who denies me before men will be denied before the angels of God. The proverb said... The fear of man lays a snare. What is the perfect answer to that situation? One who trusts in the Lord, who does not deny his, not just his existence. We have to get further than trying to, through apologetics, argue for his existence. That's not, if, if someone cannot even acknowledge his existence, we are not even in the same dimension of conversation and it's they got a long ways to go but we do advocate for his ultimate authority yes. not only in our lives but on this earth and that's why Yeshua himself says if you do not deny me but rather proclaim me before men who most fear then I will declare your name before my celestial servants. <laughs> your Messiah then thinks that highly of you to, to utter your name before his heavenly creation because you did not fear man, but instead lived in the shalom of your prince of shalom right here on this earth. His shalom does not contradict his powerful, mighty, everlasting authority. Listen to me. We have argued within Christendom for a long, 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 long time about whether his might and his authority is contradictory to his shalom or to his peace, to his love. It's not, they're not contradictory. His shalom is the very product, the very essence of his authority here on this earth. Do you see the way that he says 
to not fear men, then says to fear God right here in Luke 12. But then says, do not fear for you're more valuable. You see the way that Yeshua worked each one of us through that process? He says, do not fear the man who can kill you. Do not fear the one who can take your life. But fear the one who, after he has taken life, can also send you to hell. <laughs> but then he says, do not fear. <laughs> are not two sparrows sold, right? But you are far more valuable than this. It's because the creation has to come into the reverence, the fear of our prince of peace. But then while living under this prince of peace, not living under the anxiety of his authority, but rather living in the peace of his authority. I want you to think for just a moment right now. When this year you felt his authority come upon a situation in your life where he absolutely took the steering wheel away from you. And it was kind of frustrating for a moment. What's so funny? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> where he took the steering wheel away from you, you did not know where you were going or what you were doing. And then you were like, hmm. See, I was kind of frustrated about losing the authority over my own flesh, but now that I'm living in your shalom, Lord, I am so thankful for your authority taking over my life. Listen, Jeremiah 24, verse 5, says this. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, like these good figs, so I will regard as good the captives of Judah, whom I have sent out of this place into the land of the Chaldeans. For I will set my eyes on them for good. That's a pretty good message to hear. For a people that are getting carried off in, in, in chains. And I will bring them again to this land. That's a real prince of peace. And I will build them up and not overthrow them. And I will plant for them and not pluck them up. I will give them a heart to know me. For I am the Lord, and they will be my people, and I will be their God. For they will return to me with their whole heart. He is so faithful. I want you to imagine a prince who operates in the full authority of his father, sitting on a throne, looking at his people and saying, for a moment, you will be disciplined, for you have not given me your heart. But I promise you, under my authority and by my name, when I bring you back and I put you right back here in front of me, not only will you be made whole here on this earth, you're going to bring your whole heart to me because my authority will reign in your life. This is what he's done for me this year. This is what he's done for you this year. Has anybody felt like they've received discipline this year? I've received discipline this year. Oh my goodness. But his authority as a prince of peace has brought me into a shalom, into a trust in my God, as the proverb mentioned earlier, that completely destroys the, the, destroys the, the fear of man that I've lived in and causes me to be safe in the shadow of my God. Go ahead and stand with us. This year... 2023 will soon be over. Actually, this is going to be the last message of 2023 because next week we're going to have church on a New Year's party. Woo! -woo! Let's go. Right? To wrap this up, up this message, we wanted to sing Christmas carols. We can sing Oh Christmas Tree together before we leave. No, I'm just kidding. That is so not what we're about to do. Do not be confused. No, what we're about to do is we're about to recap the year. We want to remind you of the things that God has done and his characteristics throughout this year and how he has treated us. And then we're going to end in song, like a real good song. We don't know yet, but it's going to be we good. We have no idea. All right, listen to this. In 2023, we started hosting meetings in Crumb, Texas. Who remembers that? Oh, yeah! We had Thursday night worship and Bible studies. And guess what? The hunters sold their home. 
relocating the hunters to Denton. Amen. Come on. We see that he was a wonderful counselor to us the entire time. Amen. Yeah. Or the completion of the reconstruction of this property. <laughs> allowing leadership to live collectively here on this property and allowing all of us to gather together constantly, as the word instructs us to, here in this place. Against all odds and lack of strength, lack of sleep, lack of money, lack of all of it, Against all circumstances, he was a mighty God this year, and his might lived in us. Do you guys remember how he was a mighty God when we had friends from, and family from other churches come into town to stand on this ground with us and help build our elder pastor Mike and Jen a house back there? They came in. They spent their blood, their time, their money, and they built a house on this property. He was a mighty God who gave supernatural strength in helping hands when we needed it most. What about the TKLs giving birth to Weldon? Another son of thunder. Well done. He was well done and he serves and he serves a mighty God. The Engelbrets receiving the gift of their first daughter, Rayma. Oh, come on! Come on. Is our God not an everlasting father? Yes. Listen, we have two babies right now. Am I right? Remnant Church has two little, little babies right now. Well, we got six on the way. We got six families. This time only expecting one each that we know of. But six families that are pregnant expecting children in 2024. Is he not the Prince of Peace using the children of this body to produce shalom on this earth? Yes. Yes. Well, and this year we had new covenants of marriage. Amen. Amen. Taking place and future engagements to be had in 2024. You just got to see. You just got to wait and see. You just got to wait and see. Who knows? It could be you. If, well, you, if you're single. Well, I mean, yeah. It could be you. That only applied to All a right, small We know this is the earth. election year, but we can't do yeah, this uh, yeah. whole, like, trying to vote in for, for uh, being engaged. No, no. There will be no voting, but we will see engagements and weddings this year. Come on. What about God's faith? God's faithfulness to help us and paying off the debt that came from rebuilding this place. Do we not serve a mighty God? What about all you beautiful parents who were equipped with teachings? And all you disciples of Christ who were equipped with Talmudim teachings on how to walk this thing out? Is he not a wonderful counselor who guides us well? What about the expansion of the girls' home this year? Girls discipleship home. He is a mighty God. Yes. Lord Jesus, bring husbands for all of them. (laughs) In the name of Jesus. Come on. A movement of men of God coming to Denton, Texas. And they all say amen. 2024. I lost my place with that one. Where are we at? Two families, and soon to be more, moving close to be a part of their children's lives. And what is taking part here in Denton? Come on! Let's go! Come on! (laughs) Come on. What about the forming of new, young, up-and-coming leadership within Remnant Church? (laughs) Gaining many new family members within our church community. He is an everlasting father. Yeah. Yeah. Or possessing property literally on the other side of the planet in Romania and soon to be Italy. So that what's happening in your lives will be made manifest even in Eastern Europe. Come on. What about our first corporate mission trip as a church community to Indonesia? Building a highway to future nations. Is he not a mighty God who makes the impossible possible? Yes. 
We had one association ordinations. He is the Prince of Peace, putting all things in his order. Yeah, come on. Or what about, uh, this was a fun addition this year, the birth of the remnant revelators. <laughs> because while you're serving Jesus, you might as well have some dangerous fun on some motorcycles Listen. while you do it. Come on, let's go. We took, he is a mighty God. We took Jehu seriously, man. We got to ride them chariots. <laughs> This is our last one. We could do about 50 more, but this is going to be the last one. What about God's constant faithfulness through provisions and blessings? Is he not an everlasting father who takes good care of his flock and his children? Yes, absolutely. Listen, guys, this is why we celebrate the way that we do. This is why we have the attitude and the heart posture and everything that we're talking about right now because there are plenty of difficult circumstances in this life to consider. Are you with me? There are plenty of things. We, I, along with every single one of you, have plenty of things to consider that are difficult. But whenever you are interacting with the light that has been revealed to you, then you all of a sudden don't have anything to be fearful of anymore. There is nothing that you give your fear in your life to. There is nothing that in this world that has a hold on you other than the hand of your God, who is a mighty God, who is a prince of peace, is a wonderful counselor, and is an everlasting father. He always has been and always will be. Can you guys lift your hands and praise one more time to him this morning? Yeshua, we love you. We love you, and we recognize today, God, your authority. We recognize today your peace that's been on our lives, and we thank you with a heart of thanksgiving this morning, God. God, we say that you are wonderful. You are mighty. God, you are a prince. You are everlasting, and there is nothing in this world, God, that overtakes your peace and your light that you have shown on this earth. This morning, Lord, we give you one more offering of praise just to show you how much we love you today, God. Come on. You guys ready? Come on.